Brian, one of the pastors on staff. Um, uh, so if you're new, we're glad you're here. And if you've been with us, we're also glad you're here. Uh, as Jim said, we have been going through a series on prayer, okay? We have been going through a series on prayer. Um, and if you notice, uh, dang, um, if you've noticed, uh, we've been here. Dang, that, that wind is cool. It's like we're outside. Um, I, there's been this culture shift uh, within Jericho Road Church. Um, there's been this culture shift, a call to intimacy with the Lord, a call to actually uh, praying, whether that's out loud in a group or alone. Um, there's just been this culture shift uh, that God has been calling the staff and leading us into a culture of conversing with the God of the Bible. Okay, um, and if you thought uh, you were going to sit here today and, and uh, sit your peach on the pew and, and think like, hey, you're, you're going to hear a sermon on prayer, you're going to hear a message on prayer, uh, and not put it into practice, you thought wrong. We are going to do two challenges today, uh, one where you are doing it alone, uh, and secondly, the second one will be done in a group of four to six of uh, people you have never prayed with before. Um, you want to know my reasoning of you making sure you're not praying with the same people over and over again? Here's my reason. There's no reason, all right? Um, the challenge is to get to know some peeps, uh, people you just never met before, all right? Um, know someone. Know someone you've never met before. And, and so that's going to be the second challenge. Uh, but I know a lot of us, uh, when it comes to prayer, uh, there's this concern that we have about prayer, whether it's praying up front. And one of our fears is because we don't like being up front. We don't like all eyes on us. Uh, if you're like me, I don't like all eyes on me uh, because uh, my mantra, my my goal, my goal in Janine and I's marriage is to make much of God, to make much of his glory, to make much of his gospel, Right? And so when eyes are, all eyes are on me, it, it really uh, it gets me nervous. It gets me wanting to pee ten times in the morning. Um, okay, uh, but um, if you're just like me, you, the idea of prayer up front, out, out loud, is very difficult. Um, and some of us, we might just not know how to pray. Uh, we don't understand what prayer is. And for uh, a few of us, we understand the definition of prayer in our heads. We understand that it's conversing with a higher being. Uh, and if you're here at Jer Jericho Road Church, right, it's a biblical Christianity where you're praying to the God who created you and I in his image and his likeness. Okay, uh, And we get that in our head, but we don't get that outside of our heart. If you've been a Christian for a while um, and someone asks you to pray and you don't um, because you don't know how, that's no longer an excuse. Um, that's no longer an excuse. And, and so um, the question I, I want to ask you guys this morning, which we're going to dive into um, a, a few scriptures uh, we're going to get into more of, of what we've been talking about. And the question I want to ask you this morning uh, is, do you enjoy the presence of God? Uh, do you enjoy the presence of God, being in the presence of God? So um, God, right, physically he's not here right now. 
Okay, in Scripture, it teaches that God is all-knowing, all-powerful. He is every single, uh, he is everywhere. Um, I know that that's a hard uh, teaching about God, the hard theology to believe in at times. Like, how can God be there, there, there? He is, because he is God, okay? And so, do you enjoy the presence of God? And so, the, let me explain this just, just a little bit before I explain it more as we go on. Um, my wife and I, we enjoy each other. Uh, this got six years into marriage, I think six years. <laughs> got married. Seven, going into seven years. I could be wrong. <laughs> Dang, that's bad. Um, all right, uh, going, whatever years we're in, uh, we discovered this week, like, yo, we're best friends. We actually like each other. We like working out together. Uh, we like watching the same shows. Uh, all that stuff, obviously, I mean, we have no kids, so it's, it's, there's nothing getting in the way of, of me getting to, to know my wife. And I'm not saying kids are a problem, uh, okay? But I'm just saying I get to enjoy my wife and my wife alone, um, and so I get to enjoy her presence. And so when we're at home and she's in a different room, I know in my mind that my wife is there and I get to enjoy her presence, though I'm not next to her. Right? Uh, in the same way, do you enjoy God's presence? He might not be physically next to you, but it is here. Um, it is here. And so the question again, do you enjoy God's presence? So challenge number one, um, I'm going to ask you guys to pray. Um, pray silently, um, alone, and, and I'm not asking you to pray with your wife. I'm asking you guys to pray as individuals uh, and, and converse with God. If you're new here, um, I know that's weird, um, and you might not have never prayed before, but can I, can I ask you that, hey, if God, if you are real, can you please show yourself? Can I feel something? Can I see something? Uh, and so I want to give you some quiet time. I know a lot of us desire quiet, desire time uh, just to, man, just, just to be silent. Uh, so I'm going to give you a few minutes. Pray to God um, to really answer that question for you. Uh, at the same time, pray to God just for whatever's going on in your life and, and just bring that before him. So, and then I'll open us. God, this morning, um, 
I know for some of us that quiet time probably was one of the best times of our week just to be still. Uh, in the stillness, you are there. Um, in the stillness, you, you make yourself known. Um, this morning, God, as we go into what prayer is and uh, what it looks like for heaven to touch earth, for heaven to be on earth, um, God, help us to, to understand that. And, and really, help us to be honest with that question when it comes to do, do we enjoy God's presence? Do we enjoy God's presence? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In the Gospels, uh, the first four books in the, uh, in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, uh, one of the topics you will see the disciples um, of Jesus, the 12 disciples in particular, uh, one of the things they're really vocal about when it comes to asking God about a certain instruction uh, is this topic of prayer. Okay? If you have read the Gospels, you will see that uh, the disciples are casting out demons. They're, they're feeding the 5,000. They're doing things. They're doing some miraculous things. And they're seeing Jesus do all these things. And then when it comes to this topic of prayer, they literally ask Jesus and say, Hey, how do we do that? How do we, how do we pray as other disciples do. And so here's what Jesus says in Luke 11.1, 1, right? As, as the disciples ask him, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. He was praying alone in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. His disciples at this point were probably following Jesus maybe for a year or so. Um, and again, they were doing so many cool things, so many things that we probably have not seen here um, but are happening in other places. Or you have seen people be healed, people be uh, fed for no reason, and all these things. And the disciples have seen these things and are doing these things. But the one thing that they're asking Jesus, they're saying, how do we pray? Lord, teach us. Please, teach me how to pray. And um, what's cool is that the disciples get to see Jesus um, just withdraw, just go away alone. Jesus could be doing something super important, and the disciples think they're doing something important. Uh, they could be picking up trash out in Steel Neighborhood. They could be talking to someone out in Steel Neighborhood and possibly inviting them to the gospel, uh, doing, doing great work. And you will see at times Jesus, Jesus just withdraw and spend time alone with God. Um, for some of you guys, you have most likely have seen your parents do that maybe. Um, just withdraw because something's going on and they just need to commune and converse with the Lord. And so here are some examples of Jesus withdrawing uh, in Mark 1, 35. And rising very, very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. There he prayed. Luke 5, 16, it says this, but he would withdraw to a desolate place, uh, to desolate places and pray. Matthew 14, 23, it says, and after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. 
Okay, those are just a select few verses that we see Jesus constantly withdrawing and praying to the Father and sharing all that is going on. And this, again, the disciples notice, notice this thing. They've been following for a, few, uh, for a year or so, and, and so they start to tell Jesus. They ask Jesus. They say, hey, we know prayer is important, um, but we're not sure if we're doing it right. We're not sure if we're doing it well. And I want you to notice Jesus does not make fun of them. Jesus does not say, you guys are idiots. You've been following me for a whole year and you don't know how to talk to God. Hey, no, he doesn't do those things. He doesn't make fun of them for not knowing how to pray, right? You don't make fun of a kid who uh, mispronounces a word while he or she is praying and you say, ha, you said food wrong. You said ood. Right? You, don't, you don't do that. You don't, you don't interrupt a child when you ask them to pray for your food and you don't critique that. Jesus does the same thing with his disciples. He says, you don't know. And he says, I'll teach you how to pray. I'll teach you how to pray. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. Here's, here's a model. And so from the gospel of Matthew, here's the model that um, Jesus gives to them, and I'm sure you guys have heard it if you've gone to church before, or Catholic church, or whatever. Uh, and in Matthew 6, Jesus teaches them, and he says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's where we're going to plant. Um, and in verse 11, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So quick, quick notes for you, uh, if, if you want to see a, a certain structure. Uh, quick note, number one, first Praise and know the person you are praying to. Real quick, a lot of us pray and we forget who we're praying to. And so Jesus is reminding and saying, hallowed be your name. Um, our God in heaven, remember who you're praying to. Praise him. And second, man, bring your request to him. All right? Those are some notes, uh, quick hitters for you. Um, and so this is what Jesus is teaching his disciples. And here's the verse of the day that we're going into. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Last week, Jim focused on your kingdom come, your will be done. Right? He compared it to how we want to establish our kingdom versus God's kingdom. And so we're planting in the second part of that verse, on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray and ask, hey, can you pray that heaven meets earth? That whatever is going on in heaven... Whatever God is doing in heaven, whatever awesome things are happening, whatever fun things are happening in heaven, whatever glorious and holy things that are happening in heaven as we speak, pray that that comes. Pray that whatever's going on in heaven will come here on earth. Jesus, Jesus says, pray that you may get a taste of heaven on earth. Simple as that. He says, guys, praise me. Honor God. But I also want you to pray that his will be done and that you can actually taste what heaven is like here on this earth. Okay. First point. 
Heaven is a real place. All right? Heaven is a real place. I know for some of us that might be super simple. But you want to know what's in heaven? Okay? There's no rent in heaven. Right? How many of you guys are just tired of paying rent? Some of you guys don't even pay rent. So, all right, because you don't want to. And that's messed up. But, sorry. Uh, um, all right. But there's, there's just no rent in heaven. There's no mortgages. There's no water bill. There's no, no electricity bill. Right. There's, no, there's no school. There's no school that you got to pay for. There's no loans. Right? There's no student loans. Right? There's no dumb rules, no dumb leaders. No discussion about a mask or, or vaccinations. None of that stuff. There's no pain. There's no sickness. There's no cancer. There's no hunger. There's no poverty. And, and Jesus is saying, pray that you get a taste of that here. Get a taste of that real place when you die. Get, you, could, you know, you could taste that here, right? You ever eat a good burger? That's the taste of heaven. Pizza comes from heaven, right? Little Caesars, I don't know about that, right? But Jesus is saying you could, you could taste this. You know, you, you know as a church, as a people, you could literally ask the Father who is in heaven, who is holy, and saying, can I, can I get a little nibble on what heaven is like? You guys know people who have tasted heaven, people who have been healed, people who have had, and I'm not talking about just a doctor's hand, but you know people who, man, only God could do those things. In Revelation, we, we get a taste of this. He, he says this uh, in Revelation, sorry, <laughs> something dropped. I just, Okay. <laughs> Revelation 21.4 says this. Uh, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no more. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will be no more. Neither shall there be, no, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For former things have passed. In heaven, you don't got to try out anymore. There are no tryouts in heaven. You don't got to work to get into heaven. First of all, you don't have to do that in general because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of his gospel, because of his life, his death, his resurrection. Right? Heaven is a real place, and we could get a glimpse of that here on this earth. Second thing, this is where we get into, do you enjoy God's presence? Second point, heaven is where the presence of, the, of God is enjoyed forever. All right. Heaven is where the presence of God is enjoyed forever. Let me be real with you. Um, as I say that, um, it scares me. It scares me because the idea of spending time with someone for the rest of my whole entire life doesn't sound appealing. I automatically think about people I don't like spending time with, and I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't want that. 
forever. (laughs) The idea of just, okay, sitting next to someone forever just does not sound exciting. A lot of us have people we just don't like to be with. If you're being honest, there are people you just don't like to be with. There are also people you like to be with for an hour or two hours or dinner, and and you just get sick of them. Okay? And for some of you, uh, being with your wife, that's also not enjoyable all day. That's why you go off and mow your lawn. Right? I know I've called some people out, but... Right? There's just that, uh, that idea of heaven being a place where I spend eternity with someone forever scares me a lot. Um, because what if I don't like it? <laughs> right? Uh, that's just seriously. But heaven obviously is not like that. Heaven is not like that at all. Um, how can I be so confident Uh, Because biblically, it tells us that it's not like that. There are people who have gone before us um, that got to taste heaven here on earth. Let me read in the Psalms. One of the authors says this about being in the presence of the Lord, in the heavenly presence of the Lord. Um, He says this, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. How lovely is your dwelling place. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Can can you imagine that place? Again, some of us have tasted that. Some of us have tasted what heaven is like. Uh, For my wife and I, we love the beach. Um, The summer was filled with the beach. Uh, For for those of you guys, that might not be your thing. Uh, But I just remember, man, just sitting on the beach in in Jersey, Wildwood. Every single day, uh, we were just outside. We ate breakfast, lunch, dinner. Uh, had no care in the world. No care in the world. And we were just enjoying each other. We were just enjoying God's creation. And we got a little taste of what heaven could be like. That's why rest is so good. That's why having a day off and just spending time with Jesus and, and just spending time with your family, that, that's a little taste of heaven. And scripture is saying, man, how lovely is it going to be in that place? David, King David says this in in Psalm 27. He says, one thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after him, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. This is a guy who had everything. And he says, you know what? The one thing I ask is that I may be in the presence of the Lord, that I may be in heaven. I asked this question to Janine this past week because, again, you know, the idea of heaven, it's not talked about much. 
Um, and if we do talk about it, we talk about how there's no more pain, and which is true, there's no more pain, all that stuff. We talk about big houses and all that. But what makes heaven is God's presence, okay? What makes heaven is that the, our living God, the Savior of our life, okay, uh, and your brothers and sisters in Christ's life, all right, is dwelling in that place, and we get to spend time with him for the rest of uh, our whole entire life when um, we pass from this side of eternity, right, uh, this side of heaven. And so I asked this question to my wife because I just wanted to know, um, and I asked her, I, I said, boo, um, I don't know if I said boo, I say boo a lot. Um, I asked her, do, do you enjoy God's presence? She said, yeah. Nonchalantly, I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, then I asked her with eternity in mind. Then I asked her with eternity in mind. I said, do you think you will enjoy being in God's presence forever? She took 15 minutes to answer this. No, I'm kidding. Uh, she, she, she paused and really thought about that because um, I, I was really curious. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I would love to see my wife in heaven. Um, and so I asked her, do you think you will enjoy being in God's presence forever? And she said, yes. And she explained why. She said when she starts her day alone with Christ, when she starts her day uh, in the presence of the Lord and his word, it changes the trajectory of her day. It changes her mindset. It changes whether it's good or a bad day. She can look back to the time she had with Christ and be joyful in that. I know that that answer for some of us might not mean much, but it sure meant a lot to me. One, because I knew my, my wife will be in heaven and she loves Jesus. Um, and secondly, um, I crave, I want what my wife had. I want, I want that same mindset. I want to be in the presence of the Lord forever. If, if it tastes that good, if she could look back to that morning and always be joyful, man, I want that too. And if the psalmists are correct, if the psalmists say, man, how lovely is this place, I want that. I don't want other teachings of what other teachings believe. I don't want a thousand wives. I don't want uh, to be a pig, right? I don't want to be reincarnated into some weird animal, some other teachings you probably will hear about. I don't want that stuff. If I could spend the rest of my life with someone who says he is satisfying, someone who says who he is, someone who is just, loving, fair, someone who is merciful, gracious, someone who gives me things that I do not deserve, I'd rather be with that person all day. Heaven is for a place for people who enjoy the presence of the Lord. Jesus says, pray you get a taste of heaven here on earth. There ain't no politics in heaven. Currently, that's what's tearing you apart. Guess what? There ain't, there's none of that. There's one ruler, one king. And a pretty darn good one. Heaven is a real place. Heaven is where the presence of God is enjoyed forever. So I ask you guys the same questions I asked my wife. 
Um, do you enjoy God's presence? Second, do you think you will enjoy God's presence forever and why? Why? Okay. It's an important question because it does change the way you live here. It changes your mindset. It changes the, the way you treat people. And if those questions are difficult for you to answer yes to, right, um, the chances are you, you are a follower of Christ, but you're just stagnant. You're just lukewarm. You're like that faucet water. Our, our faucet does not get cold, <laughs> and it's gross. <laughs> okay? And, and the chances, if you can't say yes to, man, I'm going to enjoy God's presence forever, the chances are you're not in his presence alone. You're not withdrawing from the world. You're not spending time with him. And so I ask you to get time with God alone. Be in his word. Get in a routine. Ask someone to tell you, hey, you got to spend time with God. There's a buddy of mine in uh, Ohio. Me and him, we text each other at 745. Okay? Uh, we text each other at 745. We say, hey, get up. <laughs> That's literally the text. Our, our literal text thread is just us saying, hey, get up. And then he takes turns, hey, get up, right? And, and that's just, man, we just want to be in the presence of God. Second, if, if you can't answer yes to those questions, the chances are you, you don't know Jesus. You just don't. And that's okay. My hope is that you will know Jesus. My hope is that you will accept the gospel, that you will accept that, man, Jesus did live on this earth, that Jesus did die for you, that Jesus did rise again for you so that you can be in eternity with him forever. My hope is that you will not just know that in your mind, but you will live that out with your hands and your heart. Um, so the chance is, if you can't say yes to that question, you're just not a disciple of Jesus. Um, but, you know, you can be. You can be. You could tell someone right now and say, man, I want Jesus. Simple as that. I want Jesus. I believe what he did. I want it to be the ebb and flow of my whole entire life, my motivation to love Jesus because of what he did for me on the cross. Here's a second prayer challenge we're going to do. Um, heaven is a real place. Heaven is a place where we get to experience God's joy forever. So here's a second challenge for us. Um, I want to start, again, like I said in the beginning, break up into groups of four and six. I, I don't know why I have those numbers. Just break up into groups. Um, introduce yourself. And I just want you to think about your week. Think about even today. Um, and I want you to pray for each other. Uh, pray to the person to your left. Ask them what's going on. And ask them, hey, uh, where, where do you want to invite God's presence into? Whether that be school, whether that be uh, sports, whether that be um, washing the dishes, okay, uh, mowing the lawn. You know you could invite God's presence into your everyday life. And so uh, break off into four and six and ask, hey, I really want God's presence in this moment. I want to enjoy this moment. So um, let's do it.
Yes, I'll call you out of it. I'll close us all in prayer, and then, yeah, thanks. Thanks.